There's never been a more important time to ensure your immune system is operating at its peak. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a new natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals created exclusively to help promote a better immune response. Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea. Future Farm's Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea is the first to combine these three powerful ingredients together. Elderberry is packed with antioxidants, vitamins, and may boost your immune system. Echinacea has been shown to activate chemicals in the body that decrease inflammation, and zinc activates T lymphocytes. Low zinc has been associated with increased susceptibility. For more information and order, call 888-841-7216. That's 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Elderberry with zinc and echinacea is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Layla Mutin. I work with Dr. Hoffman here in Manhattan on a daily basis. We see patients. I see patients in my own private practice at that same office. Should you wish to become a patient or client of mine, just call the office, 212-779-1744. Wishing all of you a Happy New Year. Here we are. So I imagine many of you have resolutions, maybe resolutions to get healthier, to lose weight, to change your habits, to, oh, I don't know, read more, write more, work less, play more, all kinds of things. Learn a new instrument, a musical instrument, learn a new language, travel more change the way you feel about certain things, change the way you receive stress in your life or what we perceive as stress. These are all wonderful, wonderful resolutions. And as you've probably seen already, my article on commercial weight loss diets, and if you want my advice, they don't work well because after you've done the diet, it's no longer a diet. You've achieved the weight loss, right? So you stop the diet and you resume your old eating habits and voila, the weight may come back on and then some. I would encourage you to make the lifestyle change, not just the diet. The lifestyle change, make that your resolution. Let me put it a different way. Pretend you've already lost your weight. Pretend that you're already at your weight goal. Congratulations. Congratulations. That is fabulous. Now, going forward, from this day forward, eat in a way that's going to help to keep you at your new weight. Ha. Hence, lifestyle change. So it's not a diet anymore. You're going to change your eating patterns to support your healthy weight loss and now weight maintenance, your weight maintenance. Because if you eat in a way to maintain that weight loss, you will lose that weight initially. So that, that that's great. Put yourself in the frame of mind that you've gotten there already. 
Wow, don't you feel better? <laughs> yeah, so start from there. It's a new year. Reframe that whole experience for you so it's not about deprivation. It's, hey, success. I've achieved successful weight loss. Now I'm going to eat in a way for the rest of my life. That's going to help me to keep it off. And I wish you, I know you can do it. I know you can do it. I wish you all the very best of luck. Moving on to some topics here. <clears throat> Ultra processed food consumption and risk of type 2 diabetes among participants of the Nutrinet Sante prospective cohort. Uh, this was published online at JAMA, Journal of the American Medical Association, Internal Medicine, published online December 16 of last year, 2019. And the key points are, the question is, the reason for this study is, is the consumption of ultra-processed foods associated with the risk of developing type 2 diabetes? The findings... This observational prospective study of 104,707 participants found that a higher proportion of ultra-processed foods in the diet was associated with a higher risk of type 2 diabetes. So ultra-processed foods read or think highly refined carbohydrates. That's what we're talking about here. So ultra-processed food intake is a modifiable factor that may play a role in type 2 diabetes etiology. Public health authorities in several countries recently started to recommend uh, privileging unprocessed, minimally processed foods and limiting ultra-processed food consumption. So to avoid unprocessed foods is of utmost importance because ultra-processed foods are widespread in Western diets. Their consumption has been associated in recent prospective studies with increased risks of all-cause mortality and chronic diseases such as cancer cardiovascular diseases, hypertension, and dyslipidemia. Think high triglycerides and low HDL, dyslipidemia, and very small pattern B LDL, which is very atherogenic. So the, we know, the scientists know that ultra-processed foods, the consumption of them, is associated with these particular chronic diseases and all-cause mortality. However, they say that data regarding diabetes is lacking, and hence the reason for this question and this, uh, and this study. So in this population-based prospective cohort study of 104,707 participants aged 18 years or older from the French Nutrinet Santé cohort, which is from the years 2009 to 2019, were included. So this 10-year span was included. 
dietary intake data were collected using repeated 24-hour dietary records, okay, designed to register participants' usual consumption for more than 3,500 different food items. These were categorized according to their degree of processing. You know, compare your steel-cut oatmeal to your instant oatmeal that comes out of a packet that is sugar-laden that you add boiling water and stir. We're talking about ultra-processed foods. We're talking about your cinnamon bun breakfast. We're talking about uh, a, a very sugary breakfast cereal. We're talking about if you go to chain restaurants and their offerings of certain, uh, uh, of certain typically carbohydrate items, be them, uh, potatoes or the croutons in your salad or any other such, uh, grain based products that could be highly processed. This is what we're talking about. Okay. And not just in chain restaurants, obviously, but, but pretty much anywhere. So <clears throat> associations between ultra processed food consumption and the risk of type 2 diabetes were assessed using particular statistical methods and they take into account socio-demographic, anthropometric, lifestyle, medical history, and nutritional factors. So they take all of this into account. And what they found, uh, the total of 104,707 participants of which 21,800 were men and 82,907 were women were included. So, and the mean baseline age of these participants was about 42 and a half years. So 42 and a half years old. Now, absolute type two diabetes rates in the lowest and highest ultra processed food consumers were 113 and 166 per 100,000 person years, respectively. And what they found is that consumption of ultra-processed food was associated with a higher risk of type 2 diabetes. These results remained statistically significant after adjustment for several markers of nutritional quality of the diet, for other metabolic comorbidities, okay, and for, for weight change. The absolute amount of ultra-processed food consumption, the grams per day, was consistently associated with type 2 diabetes risk, even when adjusting for unprocessed or minimally processed food intake. So in this large observational prospective study, a higher proportion of ultra processed food in the diet was associated with a higher risk of type two diabetes. Even though these results need to be confirmed in other populations and settings, they provide evidence to support efforts by public health authorities to recommend limiting ultra-processed food consumption. 
Now, think about the foods that you crave. Think about, oh, convenience foods. Think about your deep-fried, heavily-breaded, floured, all of that kind of thing. Think about the foods that appear to melt in your mouth. These are ultra-processed foods, and these are the foods that give us a dopamine hit. And that's why our brains have been hijacked by these ultra-processed foods, and we crave more of them. We actually consume more calories when we're eating these very processed, hyper-palatable foods because they are melting in our mouths. When we don't have to chew so much or very little, think about it. You're not chewing on a stalk of celery, which is very fibrous, right? Or on some nicely cooked brown rice that you're chewing on or you're still cut oatmeal. We're talking about foods that are literally feeling like they're melting in your mouth and you just want more. We wind up eating more. That's what happens. So be on the lookout for all of that. Stay away from ultra-processed foods, highly refined carbohydrates, breads, sugars, all of the above. Be careful of that. Or, or... If you do like to treat yourself from time to time, you probably can treat yourself from time to time. Have a carbohydrate budget. Plan your cheats. You can enjoy them, and then you get right back on program, right back into your lifestyle, because that's what we're talking about in this new year. Diet is a four-letter word. (laughs) Lifestyle is not. Moving on here. Hot peppers may be the spice of a long life and a healthy heart and benefits independent of the Mediterranean diet. So get this. Do you like hot sauce? Do you love spicy foods? I love spicy food. Eating more chili peppers is linked to lower risk of dying. Researchers found in a Mediterranean cohort study, people who ate chili peppers regularly had less mortality over a median 8.2 years compared to peers who didn't eat them or only rarely did so. And this was observed after adjustment for age, sex, and caloric intake. So, notably, cancer deaths weren't lower with more consumption of chili peppers, according to the investigators led by Maria Laura Bonaccio, PhD, from Pozzilli, Italy. And this was reported in the December 24th issue, the December 24th issue of the Journal of the American College of Cardiology. The lower risk of total and cardiovascular disease death was independent of cardiovascular disease risk factors or adherence to Mediterranean diet in the large adult Mediterranean population studied. The researcher said this supports the notion that minor dietary changes such as adding chilies to the usual diet could be valuable measures for improving health, especially cardiovascular health. Now, if you're on the pizza, french fries, and bucket of flan and donut sandwich diet, I don't think adding chilies or hot sauce is going to be the answer for you. 
you do want to be on a healthier diet. So thus adopting a Mediterranean type diet would be much more likely to reduce cardiovascular risk than adding, say, your Tabasco sauce to an unhealthy Western diet, right? So the prospective Molisani study had 22,811 men and women randomly recruited from Molise, Italy. Mortality data were retrieved from an Italian mortality registry and validated by death certificates. Participants had their chili pepper intake estimated by a food frequency questionnaire with regular consumption defined as four times a week or more. Now, you know that food frequency questionnaires are notorious for recall bias, you know, and memory, you know, how do you know what you ate over the course of, oh, five years and what you chose most often? Anyhow, food frequency questionnaires are still the tool of much nutritional research until we come up with something better. So overall, the findings of the Mediterranean cohort study showed a greater risk reduction attributed to chili peppers than reported before. Now, a Chinese study from 2015 reported that eating spicy food almost daily was associated with a 14% reduction of total mortality and a 22% reduction of death from ischemic heart disease. Similarly, there was a 13% drop in total mortality associated with hot chili pepper consumption in a 2017 analysis of the U.S. National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey. That's the NHANES, right? So, so what is it about chili peppers? Well, if you listen to intelligent medicine, you probably already know that the health benefits of chili peppers have been ascribed to capsaicin, <clears throat> its major pungent compound which has been observed to favorably improve cardiovascular function and metabolic regulation in experimental and population studies. In addition to its anti-inflammatory and analgesic properties and atheroprotective effects, capsaicin reportedly induces cell death of tumor cells. That's apoptosis of of tumor cells. However, none of the biologic mechanisms they tested were able to explain the health benefits associated with chilies. So established biomarkers of cardiovascular disease did not substantially modify the relation between chili pepper and mortality, although a marginal role was, was played by serum vitamin D levels and biomarkers of lipid metabolism, explaining 6.1% and 5.3% of the association with all-cause mortality, respectively, say the authors. On the other hand, <clears throat> hypertension did interact with the relationship such that the purported survival benefit of chili peppers appeared stronger in people without high blood pressure. 
There you go. The observational nature of the study meant the investigators could not draw causal conclusions from their results and that the data may be subject to residual confounding despite these statistical adjustments that they apply. But that's true of many of these studies. This isn't a randomized control trial, right? These are associational cause, not causal, not cause association. So Bonaccio and colleagues found that, among other baseline differences, regular chili pepper eaters were more likely to be men and slightly older. Hmm. They also tended to report higher educational level and occupation have a higher prevalence of cardiovascular disease risk factors and better adherence to the Mediterranean diet. Okay, so interesting study. If you're already on a very clean diet and you do like spicy, enjoy the spicy. I love hot sauce. I make my own chicken wings. I don't flour it, bread it, do anything. I put them in the oven with hot sauce, with some butter, and it's delicious. It doesn't need that much help. Uh, it's great stuff. I love hot sauce in my chili. I love hot sauce on a whole lot of things, even some scrambled eggs from time to time. If I, if I like a little kick in the morning, in my morning breakfast. <laughs> so there you have it. So I wish you the best of health in this new year. We are here, Dr. Hoffman and I, to continue these Intelligent Medicine podcasts. And if you have any questions or would like to email me topics of interest that you would like to hear me take a deep dive on, email me to radioprogram at AOL.com. That's radioprogram at AOL.com. And I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. Do you suffer from numbness, tingling, burning, or pain in your feet and legs? It could be caused by something as simple and common as a vitamin B1 deficiency. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a solution for low B1, Zobria, by Oshare Health. Zobri is a safe, effective, and clinically proven nutritional supplement containing a high-potency bioactive form of vitamin B1, which has been shown to reverse symptoms caused by low B1 with no side effects. Low B1 causes your nerve cells in your feet and legs to stop functioning properly. may also contribute to forgetfulness, loss of mental focus, fatigue, and loss of appetite. Restoring proper B1 levels has been shown to reverse these symptoms. You can get Zobria now with new lower pricing, risk-free, by going to Z-O-B-R-I-A dot com or by calling 1-855-ZOBRIA-8. That's Zobria.com or 1-855-962-7428. Get 20% off the new lower price with coupon code Hoffman at checkout plus free shipping. Zobria.com. Vitamin B1 perfected. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.